You're listening to Wake Up with Patty Catter, where we're overcoming trials with triumphs. Now, here's your host, Patty Catter. Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining me again this week. I have Danny O'Neill on the show, which I'm really excited about. I am so surprised I haven't had him on before now. Um, I've known Danny for a few years now and his wife, Fawn O'Neill. Fawn is uh, also an Elizabeth Dole Foundation fellow that um, I serve with on the alumni team. And so, Danny, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really um, excited about this show in particular because many listeners know that I've been volunteering in the nonprofit sector for 16 years in the military veteran community. And I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly of nonprofits. And um, you were talking about one specific incident um, online the other day about a nonprofit that wasn't a nonprofit, um, but we'll go into that shortly. I'd like you to please tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, where you came from, and how you grew up. Yeah, so I was born and raised in Northern California. I was born in Stockton, and uh, I graduated high school in Sacramento in 2000. So uh, I had a, you know, a little bit of a dysfunctional home. I had a split family, but it was awesome. I had a lot of siblings and uh, cousins, big extended family. And so when I was 19, 9-11 happened and I was working a highway construction job uh, in the Bay Area here, uh, kind of by Oakland. And I ended up quitting my job that day and signing up for the army and became a uh, forward observer. They call us fisters. I'm an artillery guy who goes with the infantry and uh, calls for bombs when things go bad. So uh, that was my gig in the army. I did that for uh, about seven years. I got hurt as well. And uh, the army sent me home and I've had kind of a crazy transition to get to where I'm at now, but um, I'm grateful for the experience and uh, everything I've learned on the way. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's cool how the military community is so small. You're friends with uh, my friend Boone Cutler. I see you guys posting a lot of each other's stuff, and then uh, I think of Rosie Babin's son. I know um, the Babins. So Boone was my psyops guy in Iraq, and he was hurt right in the very beginning when my unit got there. But I think if you walked by him, you knew who he was because he just had this epic mustache, and it was like, and he always had his sunglasses on be like, I don't, that guy's cool guy, but I don't know why I don't. And then I saw, I knew he was the psyops guy, um, did a little joint mission and he created some stuff for us to, to utilize while we were there in solder city and all that stuff. So, in 06, it was a good deal. Man, I, I think I've known Boone since around 2010 or maybe yeah. bef- actually maybe before that. Yeah. Um, but same thing. We actually, you know, I've talked about his mustache and his sunglasses yeah. and, um, his I don't give a F attitude as long as it's he the right thing. the story at Walter Reed, which was so fascinating to know that um, not only was he there during that time, but, you know, he helped uh, people really understand what it was like to for our returning injured, uh, you know, service members. And I think that was was huge. He started advocating immediately. Mm-hmm. And that was really huge, especially for that time frame, because I mean, being in the military and speaking out about things at the same time, you know how that can go. Yeah, you usually you just shut your mouth and do what you're told because repercussions are not what you want in the military, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to have to tell Boone we're talking about him here. Um, oh. <laughs> let's get back into you, Danny, um, because right. you actually have a really incredible story yourself. Um, when I met you, you were still kind of struggling, I believe, uh, when I met oh, you. Oh, yeah. I am... Um... 
you know, and I'm glad when I met you and your husband, because it just, I think it helped solidify that I wasn't alone. I wasn't going through this stuff by myself. And, uh, it was unfortunately much more common than I had anticipated as a service member, specifically like you believe you're the epitome of strength. Our entire country, you know, rests on our back, like whatever work we're going to go do it's to make sure that we have freedom back here. And that's the mindset going to do the job. So, when I came back and I started realizing, you know, I had nine guys die in 2006 and we've had 15 suicides from my unit and I was almost one of them. My mental health struggled. I didn't know how to uh, communicate that I was struggling with this stuff. And I was carrying around this residue, this baggage every day. And to be honest, I should have known better. My dad's a Vietnam vet. I walked in on him when I was a freshman getting ready to commit suicide. My grandfather, his dad was in World War II. Uh, he was in the Battle of the Midway on the USS Hornet, which is a museum here now uh, up in Alameda by Oakland, taking my kids there. He, my grandfather did commit suicide when my dad got sent to Vietnam, and um, he's buried in the Golden Gate National Cemetery. It's it's tough for me uh, thinking about this is what my family has passed down from generation to generation. So my last name is extremely rare. It's O-N-E-E-L, uh, even though it's O'Neill. And if you look up my last name in Revolutionary War, you can find another service member. And it's kind of crazy to me that when my dad told me when I was a kid, oh, somebody in our family's fought in every war, I just kind of thought hyperbole, baloney. I didn't really know. And the truth is that um, it's exactly what we've done. And he was angry with me when I joined, but it wasn't his choice to make. And I'm grateful. All of my friends who've been hurt, same thing. Would they do it again? Every time. It's incredible. And history is kind of crazy. When you get yeah. into the DNA part of things, um, I remember talking to my husband when we first started dating and I said, well, did you know you were going to be in the military when you were a kid? He's like, yeah, that's all I ever wanted to do. And lately I've been studying about science and it's crazy that you can actually pass things down in your DNA. So right. uh, there's that. Well, I mean, think about even your dad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and your, and your path as well. So it's, mm -hmm. uh, it's, I think awesome that most of you'll find these families who serve over and over. Mm -hmm. It is. It's incredible. Um, funny somebody said, Oh, when did you start podcasting? Is it just because of the military? And I'm like, no, actually, since I was a little kid, I had a microphone and my grandfather had a huge recording studio set up. So it was then. <laughs> so Danny, um, one of the things I want to talk to you about is, you know, both of us have been very active online and um, doing different things in, in the military community and in other communities for myself as well. But one of the common factors that we've seen, I think, is we've seen the good nonprofits and we've seen some not so good things, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, it comes down to leadership. It's the number one asset on the battlefield. You'll hear it over and over again. And it's the same thing in any organization. And being that we do work in this realm, integrity is one of the biggest values that you want to see from an organization. And my wife and I started Warfighter Overwatch, and we're a veteran and first responder nonprofit. Uh, our mission is to help curb the suicides, plaguing uh, both our veterans and our first responders. They go through traumatic events. They do it repeatedly. Uh, I had time from when I left Iraq until I got home. There were several days of travel. And, um, you know, we had a few debriefings, things like that, where they wanted to, you know, say, hey, you're just coming back into this family or setting where they've been doing things without you, just kind of getting you prepared as best they could. It wasn't great, but it was, you know, what they had at the time. I think that for me, at least, 
when I needed help and I found these organizations who were, you know, trying to provide help because it wasn't easy for me to ask for help. That was one of the hardest things. Like I said, we're supposed to be the epitome of strength. So asking for help and being vulnerable, that didn't really jive with who I was inside internally. Right. And my brain was telling me some pretty bad things at the time about myself as well, that I was weak, that I was incapable of dealing with this stuff. And that was tough. It still is. But I know that it's not true that, you know, in fact, me asking for help is exactly um, what strength is about. And so we started Warfighter Overwatch to help these guys when they came back. So one of our biggest things is squad recons. And instead of it being reconnaissance, it's reconnection. So we bring them back, people who deployed together. We take them uh, hiking in Yosemite or somewhere in the Sierra Nevada, something to that effect. Um, we take them surfing. I get them huffing and puffing, kick their butt a little bit, and then... I talk a little bit about my trauma and get them to understand that this is genuine. This comes from a place of experience. And I want them to open up with the people they went through their worst days with because that's who they trust implicitly. But same, it's kind of this interesting dynamic where I was afraid to tell my guys, I'm not doing so good. I feel weak. Them specifically, right? It was easier for me to tell Fawn, my wife, that, you know, something's off. I'm not, I don't feel good about some of this crap. And uh, telling them that I felt like, we degrade each other quite a bit. It's a sign of love in the military. I know you've seen some of this, but it's really, for me, it was really hard to sort of communicate that or articulate that I was struggling. So when I did, I found people who genuinely wanted to help. And I thought that was great. The problem is some of these people have a good heart or their hearts in the right place. And some people are just con artists and they manipulate people to get them to do what they want. Unfortunately, here in my own local hometown in Folsom, California, we found one of those incidents of someone who was being dishonest with the community and someone who's been here and kind of been a pillar for a while. Yeah, I think that's really hard. I I myself found myself in a situation where I was volunteering for a nonprofit and um, raised some money and it was supposed to go to one thing and they tried like they were going to put it somewhere else. And I was like, oh my gosh, I just donated all my time to try to raise this money. It's going where you said it's going. Um, <laughs> so luckily I found a, an attorney who, um, was a military veteran and he really pushed that organization to put that money where they said they were going to. If, first of all, if you are volunteering for a nonprofit and that happens to you, realize that if a nonprofit says that that money is going to go to some place, it has to go to that some place. For instance, this was supposed to go to a military veteran. So it has to go to that. It, otherwise it's fraud. <laughs> um, so there are legal repercussions um, if nonprofits not doing what they say that they're going to do with the funds that you raise for them. So there's that. Um, and then the other thing is a lot of people don't know where to look to see what, what the nonprofit is, if it's registered, if make sure that it's a real nonprofit, right, Danny? That's kind of what happened here. Yeah. So I, I own a couple of businesses here as well. And um, essentially what happened was they asked for a donation and from my tattoo shop. And I said, no problem. So I own uh, a tattoo shop and a, a portion of every tattoo that gets done there goes to fun Warfighter Overwatch. Um, it's kind of this really special place. I have an honor the fallen wall. My friends are in there, local heroes um, who have been killed in the line of duty are on there. And I tell their stories. I don't tattoo people. You don't want me drawn on you. Uh, but I, I tell their stories because that's important to me. I want everyone who comes in there to know um, kind of who we are and what we represent, uh, which is why I'm literally across the street from Folsom Police Station and literally on the same street just down the road from uh, Folsom Prison. However, uh, 
I said, no problem. We'll donate a few hours of tattoo time, some, you know, swag, some uh, tattoo care. Fawn followed up and said, hey, I need your EIN number. I was trying to find it. So, you know, for the tax edition, because this is from the business. It wasn't personal, though it wouldn't have made a difference either way. And people should absolutely check out and verify who you're sending your money to. I really don't care who it is or how long you've known them. And this is exactly why. So my wife was given an EIN number and went and checked and it came back to nothing. And so what we're checking at is at the irs.gov website and it shows um, tax exemption uh, organizations, right? And it lists all your 501c3s and uh, kind of gives you some information about them, right? And it's stuff that has to be public. They have to uh, show you where they're putting their money. They have to show you how much of it goes to programming versus overhead costs uh, or paying someone to work there, right? Things like that. So we're all non, we're all volunteer at Warfighter Overwatch. It's, um, you know, all this stuff is pretty easily verifiable. Well, she said she was a 501c3, had it on all of her um, social media stuff but she wasn't. And when we went and checked, I was astonished, to be honest with you. I was, I was shocked, but I knew at that moment that what she'd been saying was a lie. So I didn't go say, Hey, you've been lying to me and be confrontational like that. Initially Fawn said, Hey, I couldn't verify you on the CIN number. And the response we got was, do you want to talk to my lawyer? Oh my word. And Fawn said, listen, I'm a donor. I'm <laughs> just trying to make sure that everything's copacetic and I don't think you should probably respond to donors like this. And then she just continued to get rude. She said, I've donated money to Warfighter Overwatch, and this is $750, really. Like, it was um, not a big deal. And she's right. I don't care about the money. I never will. Not when it goes to helping people. I, I just don't. Because my time is more valuable than anything. And I volunteer. I, I give my time uh, because I believe in the mission and things like that. Yeah. So which is exactly why you do it. Patty, I know that this is at your heart, right? So I won't lie. She's articulate. She communicates that she's passionate about this. And her husband, who's part of this, served. And, um, you know, so that makes it even harder for me that he's a, he's a veteran. And when we confronted her and said, hey, you know, we can't find anything. And you're also conducting an illegal, because California has specific rules, right? Uh, specifically about raffles. So she's not a 501 C3. She's not allowed to have hold a raffle and she's doing it currently right now. We're going to try to get it stopped. You know, it's like, I don't want to take my time and go do this. I didn't even want to be, um, the person who starts drama or anything like that. I gave her a chance to say, Hey, we're not a nonprofit. Um, here's your money back for anyone who's donated. You're more than welcome, but that's not what happened. Instead, she blocked us from social media, put that she was pending 501 C three now. Uh, and so, and giving me, and she gave me a lawyer or a letter from her lawyer. Who's a, he's a bankruptcy lawyer on legal zoom. And so I was terrified. Uh, yeah. And so I, I just said, listen, it's libelous if I'm lying, but anything I said, I have proof of, and I sent him the proof and no response from him. Cause I asked, you know, what's the, what part did I say that was defaming? And, um, I know the answer is nothing. The sad part is she has taken thousands of dollars from people who are fellow business owners like myself, and they didn't know. So when I made a video on social media and said, Hey, 
you guys should be aware that this person is not a 501. This organization is not a 501c3, uh, though they've been saying that. And here for the, at least a year, uh, looks like possibly two and a half years. And the lawyer, the letter that they had written stated that they had filed for their um, nonprofit status uh, on December 20th or something to that effect of 2021. So they're still not a 501c3 right now. And uh, they're still collecting donations, things like that. But I had records that showed she was taking donations before that. And, you know, when I sent that to him, no response. Yeah, that's the thing, because as a nonprofit or somebody who files the nonprofit paperwork, it can take up to a year. So you can say like we're, you know, you can go ahead and donate um, under the 501c3 preference, but you also have to say it's pending and it should go through within the year. Right. Um, but the fact that the collections were before they even filed their 501c3 nonprofit. That's the sticky part. And it makes you wonder, you know, what else is going on? Is there any accountability? Who's on the board of directors? Where did that money really go? And you have to be really transparent um, about all that. Yeah. And the funny part was if she, in the beginning, if she just said, you know what, you're right. I'm going to tell everyone, which I would have left it alone. But when she said, do you want to talk to my lawyer to fawn? I said, you know, I'm not even going to do any digging. I'm going to do a little bit of light scratching and see what I come up with. Mm -hmm. And it was apparent immediately that she was taking donations before she had filed uh, and saying that she was indeed a 501c3 when she was not. And so that part, it made it made me sad and made me frustrated and angry because it makes good nonprofits look bad. You don't know who to trust when people are trying to do the right thing. And, you know, the reason I do Warfighter Overwatch is specifically because my brothers came back and they didn't know what we have guys who are amputees, double amputees, Paralympians now, sled hockey guys who are missing both legs. And, you know, they deserve help. They deserve everything this country um, has to offer because they can't go out and work and, you know, do the stuff that they were supposed to do. Their life got um, changed dramatically at a very young age. You're talking 19, 20, 21 years old. So we're using their injuries to swindle people, mm -mm. not while I'm watching integrity is too important for me. Yeah. That's the thing too, is, um, you know, I think we do it because we're passionate about it. Like, you know, when I was raising that money for the one nonprofit, I was donating so much of my time over full time. Like, yeah. Plus I take care of Ken's schedule. I take care of Ken's stuff, you know, and we have kids and there's other things I could be doing with my time. And you don't get that time back. Exactly. Yeah. And, and it's hard because like, I think that being taken advantage of by a nonprofit system is the worst, I think, because you really have these great intentions. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and it's not easy fundraising. So you fundraising for this nonprofit that you thought was a nonprofit, you know, that's your time. It's your customer's time. And I mean, you're, you're also your word, putting it out there. It's, it's frustrating. Well, let me ask you this. How did you feel when you found out that they were the nonprofit you were um, fundraising for was not going to use the money like they said? Oh man, I was, I actually, I was like, damn you. <laughs> like that's yeah. not like, you think that that's going to happen, but it's not on my watch. <laughs> um, that was my exact same thing. I said, listen, I, cause I didn't want to make the video. I didn't. I even asked a lawyer, Hey, if I make this video, am I going to get in trouble? He said, they can, they can try, but any, as long as everything you said is truthful and you can prove no. So I sent him what I had and he said, have at it. And he's, he's definitely one of those, um, you know, he loves the first 
you know, first amendment and he knows it's protected by the second amendment. He loves this country. He's very patriotic. And he was like, I know who this person is. I'm a little, I'm a little sad that, you know, I'm hearing this and that, you know, obviously what you've shown me is shows that it's true. And so I made a video and I told my neighbors, I said, listen, I'm not doing this because they're my competition. If you are a nonprofit and you're helping people, we're on the same team, I promise. Uh, and I'll help other organizations. Uh, I still push, you know, other people's missions and things, especially ones that have helped me along the way. And so uh, I think I'm, I'm, more inclined to do something and say something because I think of how important that is. And most, you know, when I say this isn't like this is serious, I wear these. No, it's mornings. I'm I just put my shirt on, but I wear these dog tags with my guys' names on every single day of my life. They hold me accountable. It doesn't matter how many people are around if no one's around. If doing the right thing uh, is so important to me, then I'll show it in my actions. And I promise, I I believe that these guys are watching me and making sure that I don't do. Uh, things that would bring dishonor to, to what we represent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For me, I was so, I was angry. I was hurt. I was upset that that could even be a thing. Like, how can you let me raise money for all these months? And then why would someone do that? Yeah. (laughs) Um, and, and it's because at the end of the day, I guess I came to the conclusion that not everybody actually has the passion. Like they, maybe they're in it for a different reason. Maybe things come up in their life, but still like, I just can't, I can't. She wants clout. She wants people to look at her and say, look how good of a person she is and things like that. Right. And so, and I, I suppose I understand that somewhere. Um, but it's very simple to fill out the paperwork, do it the right way and make sure that you're honest with the people who you're asking help of. And for me, that's so important. That's why, like when we have events, I'm there. I'm explaining to them what we do. I have Fawn there because I forget that TBI. So I'm like, hey, Fawn, please explain to these folks, uh, you know, whatever it is about, you know, their question to make sure that clarity is the number one thing. Because if you're not transparent in your um, in your actions as a nonprofit, you really don't have any credibility, I think, with the community that you're trying to help and serve. And what a disservice to like, I'm helping firefighters, I'm helping police officers, I'm helping veterans and then their families. So they, those families and our community believe that those, those people serving us, they're heroes and they're not wrong. So if they are, shouldn't we treat them like that? And shouldn't we be, you know, trying to exemplify the values that they uh, exemplify every day? And, you know, that's the biggest thing to remember. I think the biggest takeaway for me was it's not about the 501c3. It's not about who's running the 501c3. It's about the people that are served and who you want to help. So, you know, this, this past weekend, well, yesterday was the 4th of July. We got, it's my favorite birthday to celebrate. I love my wife and kids and my own birthday is fun to celebrate, but I love America's birthday. It's my favorite one. Uh, I I look forward to the 4th of July every year. I know before you had asked I think a couple of years ago of like pictures, right? And I have one where I'm holding up a, a Roman candle and shooting them. Like I, I truly do love um, fireworks and the kids knowing that, you know, it's important to celebrate America's birthday. We got to welcome home Tyler Andrews, who was a Marine sergeant who was injured in Afghanistan. Um, He's the most catastrophically injured survivor of the bombing in Kabul on August 26th last year. And his brothers got to come out there that he served with in the Marine Corps, who were with him that day, his um, corpsman, the doc who helped save his life. 
those guys came in, they got tattoos, the community came out. There was thousands of folks lining the streets, flags the day he came home. And then two days later, um, on the third, he had, you know, we honored the 13 folks who died that day. One of them was another local uh, female Sergeant Marine, um, Nicole G and their families were here. Right. For me, there's nothing more important than showing honor and gratitude for what they've sacrificed, which was their opportunity, their American dream for the rest of us. And so I, I just can't, I can't really put into words how important it is for me to do the right thing. And so I know I shouldn't expect that of everyone, but if you're in the five, if you're in the nonprofit world, I am going to expect it of you. You're going to uphold that standard because that's what they demand of me. Mm -hmm. And especially in the military community, come on. I mean, it's like the backbone of America, right? Her husband's a Marine. I'm like, you can't be, you can't be serious. And he's part of this whole thing. I'm like, did he know? Did he, I'm pretty, you know, he, he knew. So, yeah, I know sometimes people will claim, um, just not educated, but oh, you're ignorant. you have, yeah, you have to be educated when it comes to this. You have to, the good ones make it. And Danny, I've known you for so long and I look at you and, um, Boone and, uh, uh, some other guys that I won't, I don't know. I won't go into all the details, but even like Dan from grunt style, like we're all at the, at the beginning, like when I was talking to Boone, we, he has a good idea. I'll tell you later, um, about, you know, those who were there at post nine 11, who really used the digital space to help other people through the digital space, um, and the internet. And, um, I look at you as one of those people. Um, now Danny, we were talking about how do you figure out if somebody's not a nonprofit? So you can go to an IRS website. If you just type in Google um, IRS 501c3 nonprofit lookup, you can look up the organization name and see if it's registered. Um, if it's still pending, it's not going to be there. If they never registered, it's not going to be there. Um, sometimes you can go in, look where the state, where you think that they're registered. And sometimes the where you think they're not even registered. Like one of them, I was looking up one time, one of the people was in California, another one's in Georgia, another one's in Arizona, and they ended up filing in like Arizona or something. So you have to do some legwork sometimes, but it's worth it. It, it really is. I implore everyone who, you know, is driven to donate, who finds a cause that they believe is worthy of their time and or money, verify them. It's listen, you trust, but verify same thing we do in the military, right? You trust that what they told you the truth, but you verify it to make sure. And that way it's just a, uh, you know, kind of a, a back race or just something, just a assurance that you're going to um, donate your time and money to an organization that's really doing what they say. And that's why I like, so I made another little screenshot because I had someone who people questioned what I was saying. Why would you, uh, why would you do this? Of course you're going to get those people, you know, so one's calling you right now. <laughs> yeah. That was terrible. That it, happens. it happens. It so, happens. I think um, it's up to the computer because my phone is off. Uh, totally happens. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's so important to verify that they're telling you the truth because you never know who's, who's trying to use your um, goodwill as an opportunity to take advantage of people. And it's sad, but it's true. And so it's just important to do, you know, to check. 
Yeah. You mentioned, you know, some people were questioning why you're doing this or that. It's kind of funny because uh, I actually have somebody going to be on my show. I think we record tomorrow and it's talking about digital footprints and cyberbullying. And and no matter what, I mean, you can do all the good in the world. You're going to have somebody out there like start questioning you and interrogating you and don't get sucked into that though, Danny, you know what you're doing is right. Walk and delete. Who cares? Yeah. Cutting fat and like having my boundaries was one of the hardest things. Cause like I wanted to be a, I wanted to be a yes man in that when someone asks for help, I'm there to help. And I, I still, I do that quite a bit. It's hard for me. I don't really say no to many people who need help. However, which is why I was donating to her in the first place, because she asked, right. No problem. Let me, you know, but when, when the response is something, um, derogatory rude, it makes you question what's going on. So I asked a few people, Hey, what do you know about these guys? And everyone said, you know, I don't know what they do. I don't know what they're doing with the money. I don't know this or that. And then I said, "Mm." that was too many independent, uh, questioning, uh, folks. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look a little harder. And that, that was my due diligence. And I'm glad. So like you said, it's so important to be organized and transparent. I would have been doing probably what she did. I wouldn't have filed paperwork. I have fun who make sure that all my T's are crossed, all my I's are dotted and everything that we do is legit. It's on the up and up. And so that's why I know when I go talk about me and my friends, and this is why we do this, um, it's real. Hey, I do have a question for you. That's a little bit aside from this. What do you do when you have a veteran come to you over and over? Because um, for me, I've had this one veteran pop up and he'll pop up a couple times a year. And he's like, oh, you're not doing anything to help me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so exhausted. Like I give you all these resources. I can't possibly do more for you. I can't hand feed you. What do you do? Because still inside of me, like at night, you know, when I'm trying to sleep, I'm like, gosh, darn it. Like I really want to help him, but I, I can't do any more. I can't. I feel well. So one, you have to acknowledge that I've done what I can for this veteran and the rest of the work that needs to be done has to be done by them. And I can say things that the VA doctors and maybe you can't because I was an enlisted squad leader. I can talk to these guys and say, Hey, listen, you get your head out of your butt. Uh, and we usually don't talk this nice to each other, you know, out of your fifth point of contact if you're everyone. And what you do is you start putting one boot in front of the other. You start moving towards something because, uh, at the end of the day, if we sit on the couch and we hope things are going to change, there's no remote to life. If you don't like what you see, you got to get up and change the channel. And the same is true for every single one of us, whether you've been through trauma and combat or um, been through loss and grief and trauma as a civilian, it makes no difference. We all go through things. And sometimes we need help and support. No problem. There are people who will genuinely help you. But if you're not willing to do the work, if you just ask for other people and hope that their work is going to cure you or help you, you're telling yourself lies. The only person who can, you know, really change that stuff is the person in the mirror. And that is why I have done so much work since, you know, we met and um, why I find it valuable to not only do that work and continue doing it. I'll go to therapy probably until I'm dead or I can't go and, and tell my brothers and sisters who serve there's hope, there's help and uh, there's work to be done. So if you weren't good at doing push-ups in the military, if you weren't good at taking apart and putting together your uh, squad automatic weapon machine gun, your squad leader was going to make you do that over and over until you were the subject matter expert. You could do more push-ups than anybody in the squad or platoon, and you were going to take that weapon and put it back together faster than anyone else. If you're not good at mental health, you need to start working on it. If you don't know how, ask someone who does. 
And then, you know, you ask your team leader, your squad leader, and then you start taking the advice and using the tools that work and discarding the ones that don't. And it is so important that we adapt to overcome the adversity. We adapt to the situation we find ourselves in. We overcome the adversity we face. Mm-hmm. Um, well, okay. So where are your websites located or your social media? Yeah. So, uh, warfighteroverwatch.org. Uh, you can check us out on Instagram or warfighter overwatch, and, uh, you can check us out on, uh, Facebook at the same. And, uh, yeah, awesome. it's, um, we're everywhere. So uh, if I have a veteran approach me, because right now I'm not in the nonprofit world anymore. Um, I haven't been in a while and I try to still give resources to our military veterans when I'm able. Um, and I try to help people when I'm able, what I have been doing is instead of giving to nonprofits, I usually just give directly to who I feel passionate about helping whatever, like my soul is telling me to do. Um, but when it's a nonprofit that I know it's ran by somebody like you and Fawn, I can definitely endorse that. Or, um, I had another guy on my show recently where it's another 100% volunteer nonprofit. Um, so a couple of things, I guess how can people donate and where, but then also when you get the money, where's it going? Yeah. So, uh, like I said, transparency, transparency is super important to us. So on our website and we have, um, overhauled it recently. Uh, but the programs are separated. So, you know, exactly which program you're donating to and what that program does. We have an Atlas project. Atlas was my service dog. We are funding, uh, dogs for the Sacramento fire department here locally so that when they go on a critical call, they have that dog there with them. So they don't necessarily have to talk to a therapist. They can just kind of, that dog helps. And we know that like, uh, scientifically that the dogs do help, uh, with post-traumatic stress disorder and the symptoms thereof. So, uh, right now we're in the process of, uh, funding four dogs. Now I'm not paying for the dogs and I'm not paying for, uh, their training that is donated. What I'm doing is making sure that the firefighter who is now taking that dog home with them and they bring them to the station every day can feed that dog, can take that dog to the veterinarian um, when it needs without getting uh, or incurring a cost. So I pay for that, right? We pay for that through the donors. The squad recon, as I stated, so we bring guys back to together. Well, it's an 18 month program. Six months later, I bring them and their caregiver or spouse uh, to California. We do some uh, team building stuff to help their marriage make sure it lasts. Cause we know that's a huge proponent of the suicide rate and just, you know, kind of feeling like a failure at life. When you come back, we have problems uh, with uh, the things we're carrying. So, and our families unpackage, you know, or un- unbox the, the stuff we bring home. So six months after that, we bring just a spouse or caregiver back, you know, because we're here in Northern California, I have Lake Tahoe nearby and Napa Valley, uh, not far. So we give them some respite. We let them go to the, um, spa and just kind of rejuvenate, fill their cups. And what we're really doing is building out that support system for the veteran and their spouse. If this veteran's not doing good, the spouse will reach out to people because they know them. They know their names. They spend time with them. They're willing to say, Hey, John's not doing good. Will you tell Tim to give him a call? And then, you know, I get those calls all the time from a spouse and I don't call the guy and say, Hey, I heard you're not doing good or you're drinking. You're being a jerk. I say, what's going on, man? You know, I've struggled this or that, or, you know, how's so-and-so doing? And we open that box slowly, but we do it together. All the programs are on the website. You can check out exactly where the money's going. And um, and again, you can verify that through the IRS website. And you can see uh, when we file our taxes, how, what percentage is going uh, to the programs itself. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Awesome. Awesome, Danny. I'm so proud of you. And I'm so proud of how far you've come. And 
Uh, I'll never forget meeting you in person with your patriotic outfit on. <laughs> oh yeah, that was a great time down there. So, you know, that was such an amazing weekend itself. It really helped. Um, and that was the first time I'd actually seen Boone in person since he was evacuated from Iraq. Wow. And because of the work that you know, we've done and the inspiration from you and people like Boone in my life, you know, we got nonprofit of the year this year. And it is for me, the most like tremendous thing, because not because we got the award, but because someone recognizes that this work is important. And for me, that's all the marketing I need. I don't need your money to do marketing. I need that symbol that I can go share with other people and say, we're legit. and Our, our mission is real. Mm-hmm. Love it. Validation. Love it. Yeah. Well, thank you, Danny, for being on the show. And everybody, thank you for listening. And make sure you go over to Danny's websites and you're going to see it on the screen if you're watching. If you're listening, check our show notes for all the links and follow Danny because, man, he's super inspirational and I'm waiting for him to start that podcast. I started it. So it's called the Patriotic Podcast and um, we have it. So it's on the various platforms, Spotify and all that stuff. We are, I got my buddy Ryan and I are doing it. He was an uh, artillery officer in the army and um, listen, we can't spell lost LT. We have a lot of fun and it's a show about nothing, but you helped inspire a lot of that because I said, people had asked me to do it. And I was like, you know, Patty does this and she's been doing it forever. I'm just going to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go out there and do it. And, uh, it's been very rewarding so far. We're very early, but we love it. I am super happy about that. Thank you for sharing. So everybody make sure you go over to the patriotic podcast. That's a great name too. And it's very fitting. And I hope that you wear your patriotic outfit in your cover photo because you need to do that. (laughs) Will do. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. And Danny, again, thank you for being on the show. And um, I look forward to keeping up with you and having you on again in the future. So yeah, thanks so much for having me. And I love you and the family. Uh, We love you too. You take care. And everybody again, thank you. Thank you for listening. Please head over to pattycatter.com for the latest updates on Patty, her talk show, and what she's up to. You can also find her on Amazon TV and Roku and on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Patty Catter. Until next time.